nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun packed, thrill filled edition of Nice Things. Shona Dinga. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, it reminds me of, um, what's, what's the name? Hogan's Heroes. Doesn't do anything of the I sort. I know nothing. I know no, I'm nothing. not having any of that American muck. Come on, crack on Apparently with the opening. It's very good. I've never seen mm. it. Yes. It sounds like a Channel 4 Sunday morning job after words, all that. You know, the sounds Walton a... slot. It was on Sky Comedy. Do you remember that? Dreadful mm. channel about 1990. They started... That's... 1991... That's... Right, after BSB closed down and yeah. Sky is sat there going, oh, we've got, are, are you being served? What do we do with that? Let's start up something called Sky Comedy. And Hogan's Heroes was on that. Hogan's Heroes, Here's Lucy, and Are You Being Served? Awful. Yes, I agree. Um, no, sounds anyway. like uh, an oxymoron, Sky Comedy. Well, it does, doesn't it? It does indeed. Sounds like uh, something you could say is Tom Baker, Hogan's Heroes. He'd like Sky that. Sky Comedy. He'd like. Any, anyway. Um, and joining me this week, we have. My name is Stormbottom Fiora Paul Carmichael. Hello. Hello. I like your hat. Where'd you get isn't that? This, isn't this magnificent? Now then, um, for those of you not watching this week, I am wearing, get this, this is a genuine World War II German helmet. Wow. Where'd that it's come the, from? It's the real thing. Listen. Proper tin on this. Well, it's not tin, is it? You had to get blown off. Um. A my Fiora wouldn't wear that, by the way. Oh, no. Well, no. No. No, but I, I was just delighted that I got the pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, no, my, my eldest has been up in Scotland, and uh, most people would bring back, you know, a fridge magnet or something. He brings one of these back. But, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, but it's a stunning thing, It's the but it's the weirdest thing. Um, it was uh, dug up in a field in Poland, which suggests that it may have been attached to a body under the ground. I'm guessing so. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you'll never know. No, no, you won't. But I shan't wear it for too long. I don't want to come over all Stan Boardman. I like um, I like the word Oberleuten. I like that because it sounds a bit like ointment. It does, yeah. I like yeah, that word. Yeah. I know that word originally. The first time I heard that would have been in Blackadder Goes Forth when he's taking the telephone call. Yes, that's right. Oberleuten von Genschler. That's it, that's yes. That's who he refers to. Yes. And if you it's... watch the rehearsal footage that is on YouTube, probably on the DVD set... Mm. They go through a number of different names and different ranks and stuff like that, and obviously that's the funniest. Yeah, to try and it's it's lovely when you watch them working all that stuff out, isn't it? And they yeah. really do pull it apart to try oh, and find these are proper proper oh. pros. Oh, proper they pros, are. Mate. They absolutely are. But no, anyway, look at this because the the most amazing thing. The bullet hole. Yes. Look oh, at it's that. definitely come off a dead guy then. It has, hasn't it? And yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking, no, oh, just pop this on for the pod, ha ha ha. And then I thought, and I've put it on, and you kind of go, oh, start ordering the misses around. Well, there's that sort of a worry for if it wouldn't get away with that. No, it's that, but it's that thing of actually, what the hell has happened with this? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it does make it, and then. But but I'd I'd learned out I'd learned the word Shonadinga, which means nice things. So well, I'm going to wear it then, obviously. Um, Shonadinga. Shonadinga. Um, but uh, yeah, fascinating, fascinating thing to actually hold, and um, and feel and feel if you know mm. what I mean. It's that feeling of what are they heavy? It is heavy. Yeah, I thought it would be. Oh yeah, it's proper heavy. I mean, not not heavy to the point that a bullet couldn't go through it, but. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, I can't imagine running in this particularly. The Germans always did good war hats, didn't they? They used to do the Pickelhaube in World War One with the spike on top. That's right. Yeah, that's a lovely looking thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are people but, obsessive over those. But all of the German military uniforms, was it Hugo Boss? Hugo Boss designed them, yeah. World War II, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, just pop that down there. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's mad, isn't it, to think Hugo Boss sat down and designed Oh, there's those. tons, there's tons. I mean, look, I've got a can of Fanta right here, Nazi Cola. Nazi Cola. Uh, the Volkswagen. Mm. Um, BASF. Mm. Agfa. Um, there's a number of things that sort of quietly made it through because wasn't it part of Bayer Farben, uh, BASF and Agfa? It, they were, yeah. They broke which, of course, up after so, the war, and then that's they quietly it. Where you, it all back together, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, where your magnetic tapes come from. So if you've sat there with any cassettes, yeah, thank Uncle Adolf for those. It's, yeah, uh, there's loads of stuff. Uh, methan- methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. Another trade embargo thing because uh, cocaine wasn't exported to Germany. Yes. We will invent our own. <laughs> and that's why you got amphetamine. So there you go. Uh, I can't think of the company now. I think it might be Merck or one of those big pharmaceutical companies developed that stuff. There's a lot to thank them for back in the 1990s. Well, the if you look scene, at that then. final footage of Hitler inspecting his troops who were just like kids and a cat mm. and some other people who, who have survived the bombing of Berlin. You oh, know, when he's outside the, the bunker. When he's got his arms behind his back and the hand is yeah. shaking like... That's that's because of amphetamine. Really? Because I always yeah. assumed that was Parkinson's. No, he was addicted to amphetamine. So it's just off his tits? Yeah, it's nice stuff. Well, JFK yeah. as well, another amphetamine addict. Really? Yeah, there was that autobiography that... Not autobiography. The biography <laughs> that came out uh, on about all his affairs and whatnot, mm-hmm. and his drug use. So during the whole Cuban... Cuban? We aye! During the whole Cuban... Missile crisis. He was jacked up on speed. Good God. Well, we're lucky he didn't make a ridiculous call and start dancing about the place like a prick as he's firing missiles, really. Yeah, well, he uh, he's the one who uh, calmed everyone down, wasn't he? In that, So did he have ADHD? Because, of course, that's what you treat ADHD no with, idea. isn't it? No you treat idea. It, that's what Ritalin is. It's basically I mean, we wouldn't know, speed. Would we? My mum used to tell me that she remembered being a kid and mm. being terrified, because they used to do uh, drills for yeah. the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, for yeah. If, uh, a nuclear bomb hit. Yep. And getting under your school desk, it's like, yeah, okay then. Yeah, that's definitely, that's the that's way to help. But, I mean, work. they wouldn't have been able to diagnose this, because I suppose it wasn't pathologised as much then. Speaking of non-pathologised uh, disease... Yes? Oh, you're going to love this segue. Well, go on. The theory is that the Roman Emperor Claudius had undiagnosed cerebral palsy, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is indeed. And I spent a very enjoyable week watching that. You did. My God, it's tremendous. And I think. Hi, Claudius. Hi, Clavdivs. I wonder if you are correct um, in that it's the point at which Blessed tipped over. I, I can see nothing beforehand. Before I clavdivs, which is 76, I can't see anything that is full. Brian, bless her! He mentioned Summit in the documentary on it, and I've completely forgot it that he did in the early 70s, where he's like, It gave me a great excuse to be outrageous. Um, but for, hmm. for, for purpose of demonstration, I'm going to go with I clavdivs. I think it is. I think it's, I clavdivs is where we hit peak blessed for the first. It's time. very, uh, you, you, it's weird, isn't it, how there's so few people you actually like. In Iclavdivs, because Augustus, mm-hmm. Brian Blessed, yes. you like him. Yes. Livia is Mrs. Absolutely no 
No. But the performance oh. that you get from Sean Lloyd. Unbelievable. Sean, Sean Lloyd or Sean, Sean Phillips. Phillips? Yeah, Sean Lloyd, the new weather lady. Uh, Sean Phillips, absolutely. Her performance Stunning. in that is wonderful. And the same year that she's doing that in iClavdivs, she's playing the mum in How Green Was My Valley. So, yeah. I mean, uh, t- totally contrasting roles. Quite I stunning. I thought it was a few see. years later, but I'm earlier, but I'm not sure. I don't know, 76. I just um, I gave it a rewatch last Bernard week. Bernard was uh, certainly playing Albert. Yes. At the same time that he was playing... Oh, I can't remember the name of him now. But I did have a look up the historical accuracy. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. George it Baker's is. fantastic, isn't it? George Baker's wonderful, but so is... And this there's a controversial opinion here, but I think you get a wonderful performance from Christopher Biggins. No? I, I think I, the... I, right, okay, so here's my theory, right? So I, Claudius, is when we get Brian Blessed being born. That's the yeah. birth of Blessed. I think I, Clavdivs, is the birth of Biggins. I think that... What you get there, that performance as Nero, the running around giggly, ha, ha, ha. I think that that generates the biggins that we all then know and some of us love afterwards. I, I think, think I, I love biggins as a human being. Right. Because you see him in, there was a great documentary, uh, not a documentary, what's it called? Reality TV show. And it was called something like Gone to Pot. And they took him and June Brown and uh, who's the darts player? Eric Bristow? No. Doubles for Dow, Troubles for Show. Uh, George, maybe. The big guy. Uh, It'll come to me. They're all Um, big. Anyway, him and someone else I can't remember, they took them all to America where weed was legal because they all had health problems to see if it helped. Right. And um, not only did Biggins come across really good in that, um, Charlie George is the darts player. Oh, right. Um, He's a proper Essex boy, you know what I mean? Mm. Um... And him and Biggins went to Granny Cannabis's house. Well, they all did. Right. But because him and Biggins are greedy fuckers, uh-huh. all the food that was full of cannabis, you know, before she'd even said, now be careful, Biggins had done this big thing of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh. and then they went on, a, they had a whitey back at the hut. And Biggins is lying in the bed, and he's like, oh. <laughs> and they had a really, really bad time. Like, oh, re- and then the next day he's talking about it, he's just like, wow, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. You've made me want to watch a reality show. You've got to watch. It's called something like Gone to Pot. Oh, my God. And word. him and Charlie, jo- they can't get off the bed. They're just right. pissing the pants because they're completely more banjacks than you've ever been in your life. Because have you uh, ever eaten weed? Um, Yeah. Oh, in, in little in cakes. Right. I, I once ate a quarter. I've not done that. <laughs> I know. Of Lebanese hash. Right. When I was about 19 or 20 or something like that, it was like, right, don't want to smoke anymore. I'm going to eat it. Right. And it was like, well, how much do you eat? And my mate was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, all right, I've got a quarter. Right. It's quite a lot, really. It is quite a lot. Mm, yeah. Uh, which and... is what? Seven grams? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how were you? Well, do you want the full story? We've got one. So... I'd been dry. I'd been to Liverpool during the day, and as I was driving back, there'd been a postman, like hit by an oil tanker or something. And I was sat in traffic. I only found this out later. Right. I was sat in traffic for ages, and then when it finally cleared, I drove past what can only be described as a shape in in the road, and pink mush. 
right? It's horrible. And this shape was like a human body if it had no arms and legs or even worse, a head. And Ooh. that was drawn in like police paint in the road or summit. Right. It's obviously drawn around the, the remains of this poor guy. Yeah. Um, before they'd moved the body. And there was just pink mush hmm. all over the road. Anyway, so I'd seen that shape. So I went out, we went to the normal thing, you know, me and my girlfriend, we met up with our mates, we went to uh, the club called Stories, uh -huh. which was the indie club we all went to on a Friday night. And I was sat there like that, and then this stuff started working. And all the music was like... <laughs> and I was like, fuck man, this is just too much. So I just put my head down and looked at the floor. I thought, well mm. that's safe. Yeah. I'll look at the floor. The f the the floor, the carpet, had all like yellow shapes in it. Mm. I think you can guess where I'm going with this. Yes. All these little shapes Oof. were I well in my head were identical to what I'd seen in the road that day. Oh God. And I was like, I just stood up really really quickly, which is not advisable anyway. No. And I went really lightheaded, started having a mad panic do. I was like, gotta get out of here. And she, you know, she's having a great time. She's like, no, no, I'm staying. I was like, right, well, look, that's cool. I'm going. Yeah. But you stay. Oh, no, 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 no. Anyway, she did. She left with me. And we got back to hers. And then um, I was like, oh, because it had started being all right by then. I was like, oh, I want to go back now. I want to go back now. <laughs> and then she really got the ass with me. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I went back. I was like, all oh, right, I've just come out of here because it was three quid or two quid to get in. Just come out of here, girl with gold hair. Da, 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 da. And they were like, right, yo, all right, let me back in. I had a great uh -huh. time. Did but she go remember... back in with you? No, she stayed at home because she had the <laughs> But I've just remembered. So part of my paranoia and my anxiety was caused because I'd asked, well, I hadn't, but my mate had eaten the same amount. I've just remembered this element. Mm. And I was worried about him. That's why I had to get back there. That was it. I remember now. And I got back there. And he was headbanging his head off on the dance floor. And I was like, oh. So he was fine. I needn't have worried. No, not at all. So anyway, there you go. So yeah. anyway, Biggins and jo yes. Bobby George ate four, five, six times more. I've no, no idea. Literally, Biggins was like, hum, 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 hum. this is lovely. <laughs> and then Granny Brilliant. Cannabis came back in the room and she's like, oh, be careful. <laughs> Don't eat too much. And Biggins like got tomato sauce all around. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. But June Brown's great on it. Mm. Or is it Pat oh, I love Butcher? June Brown. Might be Pat Butcher. It's uh, a long Pam, time since. Pam St. Clement. Yeah, it could it? be. Yeah. It's an EastEnders actress, I know that. Oh, okay. But they were kind of it was it was it was kind of that hotel marigold vibe at the time. Yeah, Do you remember? that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the the best exotic marigold hotel, wasn't it? That's right. And they did a reality version of that with like Miriam Margulies and Sylvester McCoy. Lionel Blur in it. Lionel Blur oh, sat there. I remember him sat there with his legs crossed, and he uh, obviously because he he stayed super fit right till the end of his life. But oh, yeah. in this, he was still super fit, and he sat with his legs crossed like around, and then his foot under. That's how, like, in shape he was. Smoking a fag. He's uh -huh. 80 odd. And he's got a fag on. He's like, I don't want this. I don't want people doing things for me. Brilliant. Wonderful. Absolutely loves great. He's magnificent. Yes. But anyway, I clav divs. I clav divs. There yeah. you go. Told really, you. Really, really good. Magnificent. I hadn't, until you mentioned it, I hadn't watched the extras. Um, ah, you watched them. 
I've watched them with the, the award awards. ceremonies and things. They're so, great, aren't they? The amount of awards that they get. Yeah. Oh, thoroughly deserved, though. It's a beautiful series. I think Absolutely in the awards ceremony, you get to see at least a, a, you get a glimpse, at least, of Jacoby's charisma. Yeah, I where, think where so. he's just himself and he's speaking. It's just like wow. He's, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying he's a nothing actor by any means because he's stunning, but he's got this ability, hasn't he? He's quite sort of. He's got this ability to blend into things, and then well, you think, what's he like on the stage? Because well, he, he's he, there's nothing grandiose about no, that's, his performance. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Now I saw him live. In the role of King Lear, and he was stunning. And he's one of those people, and he he's doing Shakespeare. And I remember that right at the beginning. Of course, you've got everyone stood around, and it's all the oh, I thought the King of Albany was going to do this, and then enter Lear, and they had a massive, I mean, huge map on the floor. Enter Jacoby, and he stood right at the back of the stage. I think this was the Royal Exchange. It was on. And he stood right at the back of the stage and he opened his mouth. Now, with the other actors, you can tell that they're projecting. Okay, You can tell that they're inhaling and pushing the air out. So they are projecting. They're actively breathing. Jacoby's at the back and he talks and there's no projection, but you hear mm. every single word. And the it's voice. like... You know, like when you can stand in like a great big old amphitheater and they go, if you stand in the middle, you can be heard at the back. Yeah. It was like that, yeah, yeah, where yeah. everything can be heard. But then when he kicks off, oof, yeah. that was stunning. But the most amazing thing about it <clears throat> was you get to the big blow wind and crack your cheeks in the storm, that big scene. Jacoby comes out and he stage whispers it. And he what? So you broke up? He stage whispers the whole thing. He just whispers it. And every word could be heard. There's no artificial amplification. He has not got a mic on. He stage whispers that amazing speech for the first ten lines or so. And he's doing it with these wonderful breath noises. Blow winds and crack and all this sort of stuff. But then all of a sudden, when it comes to rage, you hurricanes... Bump! Out comes the voice, loud as hell, fills the entire space. He's just... But the, but it was Shakespeare done the way that it should be done. There was none of this sort of thing where we're going, well, let, let's try and do it so that everybody can understand it. Bollocks. No, he's playing the poetry. But he's playing the character at the same time. And so you get this really interesting thing going on where the, the story for him is a man who has got senile dementia and is going downhill to the point where he is going to die. But the performance of the voice was pure poetry. And the two of those working together, I have never, ever seen anything like that. Jacoby, there's a reason he is thought of so highly. There really is. Yeah, you get a bit of that when he's doing that award acceptance. Mm. Because I think what I was grasping for, the word I was looking for is unassuming. Yes. That, that's the word I was grasping for. And then, as soon as he opens his mouth, it's just like, mm. fucking hell, he's just magnetic. Yeah. He's you know? absolutely, oh, I absolutely adore Jacoby. He's brilliant he's... in iClav divs. Yeah. He's... The whole package is brilliant. Well, John Hurt as well as Caligula. Oh, that's, just, <laughs> that's just another league. That's 
that's amazing. His performance yeah. is Caligula. Um, yeah. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I think that... I you've not watched Game of Thrones, have you? I watched the first series. Okay, because, well, the, the little kid in that, the shitty one who becomes king, Joffrey. Joffrey. Okay, so a lot of what George R. R. Martin wrote for him later on is obviously based on Caligula and that sort of thing. So with it being Game of Thrones, you've got to show the horror. You don't have to show the horror in I, Claudius, do you? Interestingly, though, isn't it, that um, the director general of the BBC edited out the shot of um, Cal Caligula's sister after mm. he sort of performed, I suppose, a caesarean on her. Caesarean, yeah. And eating yeah. the baby. Um, yeah. There was a shot mm. of what Claudius sees through the door. And yes. then he sat down to watch it on the Sunday night when it went out, and it had gone. Yeah. And they'd gone in there and edited it without his permission, and da-da-da-da. And um, he was complained about it. Um, Herbert, help me out here. Ah, wise. Herbie Herb Wise. Wise. Herbert mm. Wise. Yeah. Oh, and then you look his track record up. Total legend. Oh, absolutely. Just stop. Well, um, well, here's the thing. So you're watching I Clavdos for the first time. I'm sat down to watch Rumpole of the ba Bailey for the ah. first time. We're chatting away over WhatsApp about how wonderful they both are. And then end of the first episode of Rumpole, directed by Herbert Wise. There you go. There you go. There you go. And an amazing story. He was part of the kin uh, Kinder Transport. He was. Yeah. yeah. It's just, wow. You know, mm. amazing. Amazing. These pioneers, I don't know where they are now. I'm guessing they're out there. I'm guessing they're out there. Well, if they are, they're few and far between now. Well, people aren't given those chances anymore, are they? Because TV's run to this filmic formula whereby... And, and that's television, what you watch there. There you go. That's the thing. You are watching television. When you watch iClavdivs, you are watching television. Well, when you watch the Colosseum scene, all you oh. get is, is sound. Yes. And the emperors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't do that now. No, no, You'd you have would to... have to show everything and it would be CGI'd. Yeah, yeah, it'd be dreadful. It'd be CG people in a CG coliseum. Exactly. Whereas what you get is far, far better and far more intimate. But I mean, anyone trying to replicate what John Hurt did, no way, you know, he's got all of that going on. And, and it's not even that. I'm doing a really, really, really poor imitation of how he is. Mm. He's just... What a one-off. Oh. The, the whole thing, though. I mean, the whole thing is just, um, you know, it just wouldn't happen now. No, it couldn't happen. happen then, to be quite honest with you. Well, no, I am too. Um, who's, who is it? It's, um, oh, Kevin McNally's in there as a I very know, young yeah, boy. Yeah. Almost uh, unrecognisable. Almost. That's his first ever TV job. Mm. Um, and he got, I think he was working at, oh, uh, he'd been at a youth theatre in Birmingham. And Herbie Wise used to support that youth theatre and come along and watch the productions and give little chats to the boys afterwards, that sort of thing. And he'd spotted McNally and supported him. And then he was like, oh, there is a role. And suddenly McNally's in Studio One at TV Centre. And he, he tells this story about how uh, the call sheets would go up to say what time everybody was due in the next day. When when they were in the Acton Hilton, when they were actually rehearsing, call sheets would go up saying when you had to be in. He said, just, I ignored that. I was in that studio every single day, just watching and learning from oh, these I... remarkable performers. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's stunning stuff. 
Well, the it's... thing on the documentary, I'm one of them, at least, because I watch the drama Connections as well, so I'm, I'm mm. all muddled up. Yeah. But on one of them, George Baker talks about how, by about week, because let's be honest, for anyone who hasn't seen it, the first hour and a half episode, at least for me, mm. it was only because I knew this was going to be greatness that I persevered. Yeah. It's it sets up so much exposition. It sets up all the families, the Claudian dynasty explains, the Julian dynasty explains. So much history. It's it's mm. a big, big ask, I think. Anyway, for me it was. Um and then by the end of it you're hooked anyway. But um so what George Baker says is around about, you know, week four or five or summer, he's uh, he had a spaniel at the time. Because he says he had to get really in shape. Mm. for it so he said he'd take the spaniel out every morning and then he'd go swimming he'd do 28 lengths he'd do more anyway he did a load of stuff in order to get into shape um and he was bringing the dog home or taking the dog out and the bin man was there and he was like ah oh, morning george what a series what a show what? and he's and and that made me think it's kind of like so the next day next time you go and clock on to, to perform in the series. That's the joy of how series were made. It wasn't made and then 18 months later put out. No. So each week it's going out. And it must have affected the actors to go in and go, bloody hell, this is popular. People are enjoying what I'm doing here. And, oh, absolutely. And, and it can't help but make your confidence go through the roof. I no, absolutely. And yeah. no doubt that plays into why each week it just keeps getting better. It took me a lot to follow who was who and blah, because the names are so sort of alien to us. Mm. I get that. But, I, and, and days later, it's it still had an impact on me because I'm walking around going, she killed her grandson? Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Oh, did this to the... You know, it, it's, it's such a culture shock the way mm. in which they behave. But because it's acted in a way that nothing is remarkable, and then people are accepted back who might have killed someone in your family or whatever it might be. Or it's just like there was, a, I, I think, a completely different moral framework. I think that the law of the jungle was, I mean, it's still law of the jungle, isn't it? But I think it, it was acknowledged and accepted. Well, that's the way that, that's the way it is. Of course I'll kill my... Mother, or whatever it may be. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, it's a different. It's it's a different moral framework that they had, mm. isn't it? Essentially, uh, is what we're talking about. But or I think maybe you're right. not. Maybe maybe if we were in the sort of elite circle of society, we'd see they are just as bloody ruthless. Quite possibly. But mm. I think what you what you're right with there is that idea of that quick turnaround that you would have yeah. had there, um, which I think is just. It, it it is that immediate. Also terrifying, though, isn't it? Oh God, yeah. Because am people I going to be as shit. good as next week as last week? Yeah, because imagine if you're halfway through a series and your bin man says that thing you're doing at the minute, don't like yeah, that one. It's going to be and then, shit now, man. And then you're off into studio thinking the bin man thinks it's shit. That's that's well, the danger. Well, Jacoby, in one of those interviews, I don't know which, talks about sort of once you have achieved a certain thing. He said that when he was younger, he wasn't scared of acting. He, mm. Well, he was obviously stage fright. Yeah. And the guy says, well, surely it's it's gotten easier now. And it, no, 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 mm. worse. Much, much worse. Mm. Effectively, he goes on a little bit and puts it so eloquently, I can't recall it, but it's, it's virtually there's such a long way to fall. Well, it's the difficult second album, isn't it? Mm. Every single time that you're going out. But also, I mean, I've heard it described, it's the idea of it's opening night every night 
mm-hmm. is the other way to think of it because it's a different production basically every single night that you're working in that way because it's not like say for example if you're doing a game of thrones thing then you're shooting an individual unit you never see half the cast you're in iceland they're in sweden you film for six months they film for six months and it all gets knitted together whereas here you've got a group of actors who go to the acton hilton they work it through as a play they live together for four or five days and then they've got to get it in the canon of course the thing is you look at iclab divs and you think oh beautiful big production it didn't get any extra rehearsal or recording time for that it's still got the standard three hours recording of an evening you know that's all three hours to get each episode down that's that's talent they asked him what was his his advice for young actors and he says he thinks about and he says well he says don't become an actor if you want to be an actor Mm. you have to need it oh i've seen yes you have to need it yeah but he t- I think it's him telling the story. You know the scene where he's dying and mm. all the ghosts. Who is it? It is, it is Jacoby, isn't it, when all the ghosts come back? Yeah, that's right, because Brian Blessed walks in and looks straight down the lens at that point. Yeah, I think it's Jacoby telling the story. He says on that day, you know, they all sat and watched the whole episode as a little audience. Mm. I don't know if it was him. Anyway, one of them told the story, and it was just, they were terrified. Mm-hmm. Because you had like you know Sam Phillips, John Hurt, Brian Blessed, George Baker, all just sat there watching it, watching you perform. Yeah, oh. yeah. and we can't uh, talk about it without mentioning Blessed's death scene. Now let's death scene. so let's set this up. So basically, Brett Blessed's death scene is it's impossible. Just- well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, impossible. It is. It's a head and shoulder, sh- uh, head and head and neck shot. So basically, it's just uh, his face, and that's filling the whole screen. And that sequence lasts two minutes seventeen seconds on one shot. And during that shot, Blessed goes from his final, you know, those croaky, rasping, dying breaths, and his eyes just about managing to move to stillness and silence, and nothing. And it's stunning. And you can see the moment the light goes out in his Mm. eyes. It's... And as you say, it's impossible. It is, because his eyes don't water. But you can watch that, and there's no edit point, and there's no freeze frame. They mention it in the documentary, and and he had to do it twice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, one of the lights... Uh, went out. Uh, you've heard of the curse of Claudius, right? Yeah, go on. So there's an aborted film. Is it 1937 with Charles Lawton? That's right. Yeah, and there's the, a documentary there's, on that. It's on, on the DVD. disc. Yeah, it's on the disc. Um, so there's this sort of curse of Claudius that was mm. talked about, and Blessed says in the documentary, he's like, "Right, that's it. I thought, I thought we'd got away with it. No, mm. I'm going to die in this shot." Because one of the lights goes out or falls or something like that. Anyway, Herbie Flowers... Herbie Flowers. God, my memory. Herbie Wise picks up the story. Mm. And he says he did it... I had to say, you know, can we do it again? And He said he did it brilliantly, but can we do it again? And he was like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. He said he did it just as brilliant the second time. Mm. Incredible. That shot is incredible. It's stunning. And like I said to you, the thing I think we've got to remember here is that we're not talking about it just being shot with a little camera or something. Those bloody cameras are huge. But to get that over-the-head shot like that, it's also on a massive crane, Mm. 
arm. So you're talking about a giant camera on a crane hovering directly over your face. Incredible. Incredible, Just... that. How the hell did his eyes not water? Uh, how the it, hell? Try it yourself. How does he do that moment? And there is a moment. I've shown that to our students where I've said there is a moment where the light goes out in his eyes. Where he dies. It's just... Yeah. It's one of the... I, I can't think of a moment where I've seen the medium of television come together, coalesce so perfectly with an actor's performance. Mm. I think it is just, from every perspective, from an acting perspective, from a television perspective, that is flawless stuff. Sean Phillips put up a, a protest, I don't know if you remember that, about because, that scene. Because uh, she'd learned the bloody speech and it was a corker. <laughs> That's right. And it's like, what, are you going to have the camera on him all the time? Yeah. But what's lovely about that is she keeps casting shadows mm. on his face. Mm. So we kind of... She is... Well, she obviously still performed. Yeah. But she's still contributing. No, absolutely. Because the contrast between his... He's dead. And her, you know, animated delivery of the speech displayed via shadows mm. just works amazing. What, oh. what a director. It's... Yeah, what a director. And, of course, the producer... Um, wasn't it the producer who died? Martin Lissamore? Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that they say in the documentary, you know, we thought we'd got away with the curse of Claudius, but you had him. Mm. Um, it was killed in a car crash mm. in the February of 77. Mm. And then, of course, Jack Pullman, the magnificent Jack Pullman, yeah. who um, I, I primarily know from Private Schulz. Uh Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. Oh! <sighs> Oh, you're kidding. No, and it's Verity Lambert again, isn't it? In the producer. I need to see you, it. You need to see it just for Ian Richardson. Oh, I like oh, Ian Richardson. It is just. I, there's nothing like it. Mm. So, between the world of sort of Colditz and Secret Army and Allo Allo, which is total mm. lampoonery, yeah. you've got Private Schultz in the middle there, which. Wait till you see Ian Richardson's performance. Wait until you see it. Is he playing a German? Oh, I. He's oh. the Stormeinführer. Oh, he's so corrupt. He's and Billy Whitelaw runs the local knocking shop. And Schultz's job—they've got it wired for sound. He's one of the operators who listens in. Oh. You know, for the indiscretions of the sort of drunken soldiery. Oh. Ah, oh, Ian Richards. I, I can't even tell you about it. I don't want to spoil it. But when he comes to England, ah. Mm -hmm. oh, got to keep me mouth shut so the whole plot revolves around the fact that they're in charge of a bunch of prisoners now from memory from memory it's who played dr leg in eastenders leonard uh, leonard fenton not sure of his name i should know because he's in harvey moon as well and he's a superb actor anyway he's a master forger all right and so the whole plan is to flood britain with forged currency. Right. Okay. So they're all the white fivers? Leonard Fenton just checked. I was Brilliant. Right, yes. Well done, dear. There we so go. So Leonard yes. Fenton's this master forger mm. who's like, you know, it's that usual sort of thing you get in these series where it's kind of like, oh, I know nothing about forging. It's like, come along now. Uh -huh. So eventually he talks him round and he knows the paper mill in India that makes the paper for the fivers and they 
he he tells them how to create this paper that's got silk woven into it and da, 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 and they make the best fivers ever. Uh-huh. Of course, Schultz is filling his pockets with them, but Richardson is is also very corrupt, very funny, uh-huh. brilliant. Elphick manages Schultz manages to become his kind of his adjutant, you know. So he's got Ooh. access to Richardson all the time, and okay. because he's criminal, oh, you've got to watch it. Right, it's okay. Just, it's just fantastic, and it was it was it was made posthumously. Private Schultz, posthumously because Jack Pullman died. Ah, oh, right, yes, okay, yeah, yeah, Jack Pullman died. Right, okay. Well, I mean, Jack be... Pullman's work's exemplary anyway. Oh, the, but the... this is the crowning glory. It's the crown jewel in Pullman's work. Private. Schultz. The two watch list is. It's oh become... well, you're a ridiculous. You're a terrible, terrible. Man. I I don't see how. I've got a stack here because yes. of you. Oh, I've got it. Look, I've got Rumpole of the Bloody Bailey here. That nothing to do with for me. Six for six pounds. Oh yes, of CEX. That is is quite literally. I'm. Sh- you need Rumpole defending you for mm. that being six quid. Yeah, that that's is magnificent. Just outrageously cheap. It is. Oh, to be Leon fair, Kern. it is. Yes. Oh no, it is, it, and it's lovely stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to savour this over a number. Have you of noticed months. how in the early ones, because he, he smokes all the way through, obviously, because it's uh, yeah. rumpole. But in the early ones, when he's smoking those cheroots, he's taking them back. Oh yeah, it's just like a big pull on these cigars, and it's like, <gasps> and you're like, whoa, mm. and then it all oh, comes yeah. out, and this, this, this That's voice it, is yeah. deep as the ocean. Yeah, I love Does, Leo McKern though. That lovely actors thing normally of when when you don't do that because I know that O'Toole when uh, O'Toole used to do Jeffrey Bernard as well and he smokes continuously through it. But after he'd finished it, he would go to the bar and he'd light a fag and he'd go first one of the night. And it was because he just for the whole thing, of course, he's just not inhaling. Of course, I mean that's what you expect. But uh, McKern, McKern, however, McKern's just like, <gasps> oh yeah, oh a proper lungful. Uh, yes. So that's because of you. Mm. Right. The owl service mm-hmm. because of you. Beautiful. This is the to watch pile, by the yes. way. Yes. Not sure about the next one. All on. your fault, but Go I on. ain't sure. Oh, right. I mean the fact that the, For the fact listeners a very peculiar practice. A very peculiar practice. Right. The fact that you have not seen this before is criminal. It is You've not seen Private Schultz. No, not the point. This oh. is now this is, oh, it's perfect, right? Every single, you've got those four leads on the front. You've got Davison, you've got Graham Crowd and Barbara Flynn. Mm. Oh, no, imagine Barbara Flynn, but double. Really? Ah, but Barbara Kellerman. Oh, no, no, trust no. me. No, not compared as Dr. Rosemary. And then you've got David Troughton. I mean, all of these people, the the characters... Love the, Graham Crowden as well. Oh, the characters are so well-defined. The writing is beautiful. Do you know the what I think it is, was? I'll oh. tell you what it was. Mm. Right. So when he left Doctor Who... Yeah. I didn't mind his sink or swims mm. or any of those sitcoms. It was just like, yeah. no, you can, you're all right. You can do them. I don't mind that. You go uh-huh. and do them when you're not doing Doctor Who. Then he left Doctor Who. Yeah. And he's doing this, and I was like that. No. <laughs> okay. That's exactly. I've just remembered what it was. Okay. You betrayed no, me. That's you betrayed me, and I'm not going to watch this. Well, I'll tell you 
why uh, it means a lot to me. Obviously, I watched it because it was Doctor Who. It was one of those things where I was allowed to watch that. I was too young to watch it, really. But I was allowed to because, oh, it's got Doctor Who in my... No, my attitude that... was, well, you're playing a Doctor. Why don't you play Doctor Who? Oh, fair enough. Okay, well, I'll tell you why. Because in Doctor Who, he didn't have Joanna Kanska. Oh. And it, he didn't have to do some sort of, like, quite intimate... Um, inspection. Yeah, first time I'd ever seen the lady's boobs. So on you're television. saying he's a colossal pervert? I am saying it was the first time I ever saw a lady's boobs on television in my life. Oh, you never watched the Sweeney, did you? No. They were a regular occurrence. Really? Yeah, they'd always go into a bar where there'd be a stripper in the corner. Oh right, okay. And they'd be like cool comments to George, or George would say to Regan about. Uh, you know, I bet the baby's eating cornflakes. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, um, fair enough. And, of course, you've also got this, haven't you? No. Uh, no, that's, a, that's very much the curate's egg for me. So this is The Life and Times of David Lloyd George, which is, uh, what's it called? Uh, Philip, Philip Maddock gives a career-best performance as one of Britain's most revered, inspiring and controversial leaders, scripted by the BAFTA award-winning, input from leading historian A.J.P. Taylor and with uh, Morricone's themes, and you haven't bought it. No, I've not, because, uh, and we'll continue that discussion, that train of thought, because I also ended up going in cash converters, because you've got oh. me going into these shops, and bought the Thriller Box set. Nothing to, to do with Michael Jackson. No. I came back and looked at the cast... Pat Troughton, Helen Mirren, Diana Dawes, Charles Gray, Charles Gray, mm -hmm. Denham Elliott, Brian Blessed, not mentioned on the back, but Dennis Waterman, you know, uh, Robert Powell, mm. Freddie Jones. Who doesn't Freddie need Jones. more Freddie in their life? Um, Don Henderson. And it was like, right, I've got to have it. He did, me, he did it me for £17.50. That's decent for the for that box set. That's decent. Of course, if you want Freddie Jones and you've just come off I Claudius, then you couldn't do any better than have a watch of the Caesars because uh, mm. Granada, the Julian did, Dynasty. Yeah, well, Granada did basically I Clav divs, but there you've got Freddie Jones as Claudius, giving a much more a less theatrical Claudius than you get off Jacoby. I think. Right. Okay. That's that's worth a look. It's it's a difficult one to get hold of, and to be honest with you, the the prints, the film prints are knackered. So it's crackling. Is that the one with Robert Hardy in? Or is that the Cleopatras? Mm, that's the Cleopatras, which yeah. is like yeah. watching a very badly made top of the. I know, video. but that scene where he unrolls Cleopatra in the rug as Mark Antony. Oh, wonderful! But you've also got a topless Graham Crowden quite a lot. I mean, it's a very strange series. Well, it's... Nemon's uh, right at the front of your telly, though. Um, right, returning to mm. Life and Times of David Lloyd George. So that, mm. from memory, was that Thursday evening 9.30 slot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I'm guessing, before our time, was the Play for Today slot. I think it was, yeah. Something like that. So another serial that you had then, which I think is far better than that, mm. was The Citadel. With Ben Cross. Mm. I know, you see, you've got the same thing as I have with Jeremy Irons. Oh, yes, you don't... I, I knew kidding. you were going to have that about Ben Cross. Ugh. I don't know how I knew, but I just knew. Uh, I know tell he you, divides opinion. I'll tell you why as well. It's because in 1991, 
over in the States. Um, they did a big budget remake of Dark Shadows. It only lasted 13 episodes because of the Gulf War. Basically, it kept getting shifted around the schedules and nobody could find it, so they cancelled it. And he's got the lead role in that of Barnabas Your, your role. My role. Mm. Um, that, that's Jonathan Frid. And I'm like, no. So from that point onwards, no Ben Cross. I don't you see, see, it's it one of anything. those petty things, like a peculiar, a very peculiar practice. We it just, is, I suppose. We yeah. harbour these petty resentments. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Mm. I cling mm. to them. It's I... a great series, though, based on the A.J. Cronin novel. Like the AJ BBC Cronin. did some crackers back then. They did The Gathering Seed, which I've got. I've got that, Which yeah. was liberating. Well, I'd probably give it you. Mm, Unless you've got a really did. ropey quality copy. No, I did. I did. Why mm. that isn't on DVD, I don't know. Um, it needs to be. Um, mm. The Citadel. Yeah. David Lloyd George, which yeah. I will get around to buying, but I've got to watch some of this. I mean, I'm ploughing through 1990 at the minute, which takes until episode three. To actually start, yeah, it does. It's a slow burner, that one. All I'm going to say there is this is a network release and there's only four left in Amazon. You always say that. That's the that's the case. I've got that stat, Vern. I'm going to watch them. Mm, okay. I'm going to watch that lot. I've got to get through 1990, which isn't... Well, it's getting better now. There yeah. was a cracker with Graham Crowd and I watched this morning. Oh, yeah. No, he's he, wonderful. He wants to steal all the... Uh, public control operatives to set up some uh, what do they call them? Banana Republic, doesn't it? Mm. To just push people around. That's right, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. No, it's it's a good series. I think I, I've never thought I'd say this. I think it suffers from being a bit too BBC. I don't do. I'm not even quite the, sure what I mean. The theme tune and the titles are fantastic. Oh, they are, but they set you up thinking, oh, it's going to be action adventure and like Euston films, and it's yeah. not. And I don't know, Woodward in BBC, it just kind of makes you go, really? I agree with that. You know I, what I mean? I, I watched a little of Hands of the Murderer, which mm. is his Turner's Holmes from 1982, I think, or 84, oh, okay. or thereabouts, with, uh, is it John Hellerman, who played Higgins in Magnum mm -hmm. as Watson? And there's some really good uh, performances in it. Yeah, but he's not Holmes. He can't no. be Holmes. Jeremy Brett ruined Holmes for everyone. He did, of course. Um, but yeah, nineteen ninety. The inclusion of the drama on two ident at the start of each episode is a nice touch. I it like is. That. It's very nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to keep watching, obviously, because it's greater X and. Well, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. You've got to watch his stuff, but uh, yeah, this arrived as well. This is, I don't know when this is going out anyway, but but this arrived, this month's missing page, the Tony Hancock Appreciation Society magazine. Lovely. Which, which again, is brilliantly put together. They, yeah. they really do a good job. I advise you all to join the Tony Hancock Appreciation Society mm. um, because there's some great features, especially last month's, which was about the, uh, not last month's, the last one that was about the dating agency, the Marriage Bureau. Oh, because they found it, yeah. That's yeah. right. And look at that for a feature. The Bar G, the film oh. that Hancock should have made. Ooh. So I didn't I didn't even know that. I didn't know I've, that. Uh, I've read Galton something Simpson about that. Wrote it I'm not for sure. It. But you've got some amazing photos in here you won't get on the internet. Oh, okay. And with the Marriage Bureau, again, from when I had my lovely chat with um, Kevin McNally, because of course he played Hancock on The Missing Hancocks. Um, and I had to ask him, I said, well, that's just come back. 
have you had a listen and compared and contrasted? And I thought, cheeky question for you. He went, have I? Of course I have. And he sat there and he's listened to it. And then he's timed both episodes. And he said, I was amazed that we brought them in at the same running time. Amazing. And I said, well, why is that? And he goes, because Golden and Simpson scripts sing. So that's why, because they are that length of time, because the scripts sing. Which I think is a lovely way to put it. So you know the pace of delivery at the line. You know where the pause should fall. So yeah. of course it's going to be. But pretty much to the second, they're the well, same I running mean, they, they are. They've stood the test of time and they're brilliant. I mean, even uh, Viv Stanchel stole a line from mm. Galton and Simpson. You know, mm. in uh, Big Shot, where it's like, you got a light Mac? No, I've got a dark brown overcoat. Yeah. You know, that's a Galton and Simpson line. <coughs> yeah. They're just yeah. brilliant. I mean, some of that comedy is beyond compare. Oh, it is. It's beautiful. Um, Absolutely I, beautiful. I mean, it, it, the only, I would say, the only flat point, really, with the whole of, of Stepto, never mind them, is that seventh series. Mm -hmm. Eighth series, sorry. There's a couple of, couple of stinkers in that. The mm -hmm. final episode, Seance in a Wet Rag and Bone Yard, uh, uh, even Pat Routledge can't save that. It's it's pretty whatever. And then you've got the Seven Step to Rye. You ever mm. seen that? Mm, yes. It's got Henry Wolf in it because he does the he plays Frankie Barra, the local sort of hard oh, man, cock hard man. Yeah, who's fantastic in the film. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if the balance, two wit, five hundred sheets, is not paid by Tuesday week, then me and my colleagues here will be round with the Wilkinsons freshly stropped. <laughs> Get the picture? Oh no, yeah. how's that sound? Very nasty, thank you. Saturday week then. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just brilliant. He's fantastic in that, but in this he's sort of like Papi But you see, there. however, I think that, say on a wet, wet rag and boneyard, I think that final moment where he mm. calls out good night and his mum replies. Yeah, yeah. I know. What I you think mean. that is one of the best endings to any series ever. I I, I know love what that. you mean. It's got I it's, love but, it. but by the way, when I say there's some clunkers in there, I'm judging them by their standards. Oh yeah. I'm not talking about compared to up the elephant around the castle no. or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. George Sewell was good in that though, and Harry Tube. Oh, Harry Tube is brilliant in everything. I know. Just the word just the Harry name Tube. makes you happy oh, for half an It hour. does actually. It just makes you smile. Um, but uh... but um, yeah, even they can't say that. Say that. No, no. Anyway, um, but, yeah, it's judged by the standards. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Anyway, listen, I've just noticed that because I've got I've got a computer full of edits at the moment because we're working mm. very hard. Um, I, that... I don't know why we're working so hard. It's insanity, <laughs> this you know. It is absolutely insane. It we're really is though. Yeah. No money. No. This is merely to contribute to our country's cultural heritage. It essentially is, isn't it? God, I'm mm. absolutely knackered. But I've only got ten minutes at nine minutes recording time uh, left on this. I don't computer. know how long we've been going. Uh, oh, fifty-one minutes. Um, oh, that's good. But we only popped in to actually basically do two minutes and say uh, that, of course, um, this is episode ninety-nine B. You nice fucking things. love all that shit. In right, your head, it, this is a Dalek cutaway. It is a Dalek cutaway, isn't what was it? The, because, go on, what was the serial code of that? Was that a B? Wasn't it KK, I think? I don't know. I think it might have been KK. Anyway, it doesn't matter, I think. So, uh, and the reason for that is because next week is Nice Things number 100. But we're having a bit of a spruce-up of the shop, aren't we, dear? We're just we are, yes. Playing uh, I know. around and, with and, and And instead of getting things done... 
Mm. We're uh, contributing to our cultural heritage. Exactly. So, whereas right now you should have been watching episode 100 of Nice Things, you're going to have to wait till next week. Uh, of course, so in the can... software, I'll have to list it as 100. Otherwise, it won't be in the correct order on iTunes. Oh, no, in the software. But you call it 99... Yeah, I'll do that. B. And then whatever we're calling it. Yeah. Nice things cut away. And then and then it'll all make sense to the boys See. and girls. There you go. I know the way. It's like, oh yeah, we'll do it like this. Oh no, it's like it's like the Macro Terror. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, what you mean. I know what you mean. I, yeah. they feel like shapes in my head. They all are. those things. And I, I, I can physically feel the shape oh, inside God, yeah. me. That's yeah. Weird. Absolutely. It's that twentieth anniversary special, you know, I blame. Yeah, I think so. That, I'm that, with you there. The Radio Times magazine. Yeah, that's it. I think that had a massive effect on our psyche. Are we allowed to talk about your Doctor Who goss? No. Hmm. No, not yet. But I will say, I I mean, there is one thing there, of course, which is, oh, God, no, that's, no, that's absolutely no. Um, Yeah, not yet, but It makes me happy. It makes me very happy soon, though. Um, But, I mean, there's an example of what we were saying before about TV and how the way that, you know, it used to have this immediacy. Um, Next year's season of Doctor Who, right, finished filming... I think a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That's for 2024. And the series. Well, that's which... not the three that are coming. No, they, they were finished ages ago. Right. So they've already shot the next whole series for 2024, right? And in about six weeks, they're going to start shooting the series for 2025. It's. He'd better not let me down, RTD. I'm expecting greatness. I know. I'm expecting it... it's going to look great. The stories mm. are going to be stunning. But we'll mm. see. We'll see. We will see. But anyway, so, excuse me, next week, uh, you should be able to see some slight changes. Be the same old shite that you're used to with us. But a couple of little extras that should be there, which are turning out to be a lot more hard work than I anticipated. Tell you what I was reading about yesterday. George Laybourne. Go on, who's that? He was. He sang and he became known as Champagne Charlie. Oh, okay. So what I found interesting about him... And this is the reason why I bring him up, even though we're short for time, mm. is he was the first of and known as the uh, the preordinate, if that's a word, whatever it is, predominant, whatever, mm. um, uh, Lion Comique. Hmm. Never heard that phrase before. That's why I bring the story up. Okay, so uh, spelled L-Y-O-N? No. So uh, his character, apparently the character of the top hat and the drunken uh, aristocrat was, yeah. was new. Right. On the, in the music halls, because everyone else did the cloth cap and the yeah, yeah. and all this other business. Where's but me he washboard. came up with this. Where's me washboard? And the theatre manager, uh, once, when he saw his act for the first time, described him as a lion comic. Oh. And then that got softened into lion comic. Oh. So all those chaps, and probably women did the act as well, who were sort of top hat and tails and pissed, mm. they were lion comics. So there you go. Oh, I like that. I'd never heard of that in my life. No, I, I love shit like that. Oh, it's lovely. Etymology. Yeah, and, and all the sort stuff. of, uh, you know, the foppish world we inhabit. Mm. We love how it has its own language. Oh, we do. We you absolutely know. love it, dear. And I yes. love that. Lion comic. No, that's beautiful. There you go. Lovely. As opposed to lion couch. Yes. Or which lion we can't L do couch. Because, which we can't do because we're working too hard. Well, yes, I tried working on the couch last night doing it, but the MacBook won't worry. No, uh, it wouldn't do. No. Bollocks. So, I yes. we best get back to work, dear. Better add, dear, before my computer stops working. I'm so, glad we popped on. 
I think so too. So yes. So next week, tune in for some exciting new new things for nice things. Hopefully, should be all right. Should be. Should, right. should get it done. Should be okay. Right yeah. then, we hope you all okay. have a lovely week at home. And until the next time, goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production.